Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day of the week, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day. But it keeps us in God's Word and thereby helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. Helps keep us to have a better mindset to be able to deal with life every day from a spiritual perspective. But it also helps keep us strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So we encourage you, share these short studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can, with everybody you can. You may help turn a life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. Great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're moving along in our line of thought and study, asking the question, is let your heart be your guide, a good line of advice? Or follow your heart? Is that a good recommendation to somebody who's facing some big decision in their life? Let your heart be your guide? or follow your heart. It's the same thing with, as saying, well, let your feelings be your guide, or, or how do you feel about it? Or maybe let your conscience be your guide. They're all the same thing. It has to do with a mindset. It has to do with the focus of our lives, the direction in our lives. Well, is let your heart be your guide, or follow your heart? Is that a good sound reasonable line of advice to somebody who's making some big decision in their life, maybe a moral decision even. It is only good advice if they have their hearts conditioned by God's word. That's the emphasis that we've been trying to bring forth in this particular line of thought and study. Again, we turn to Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10 as a really excellent lesson as to how to condition our heart to be right in guiding us in life's decisions. Ezra came to, I'm sorry, in verse 10, Ezra chapter 7, for Ezra had prepared his heart. So he focused on preparing his heart properly. How did he do that? Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. He wanted to live by God's teachings. So Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. In other words, to obey God's teachings, to live by God's word, and to teach the statutes and ordinances in Israel, and to teach others God's ways, God's teachings. What a great example for us. Ezra prepared his heart with sincere and dedicated and righteous focus. So when we tell somebody, well, follow your heart or let your heart be your guide, we better know something about how their heart is conditioned before we tell them that. Maybe we're giving that advice on the basis of our personal heart, and we need to ask ourselves, is our heart properly conditioned to follow God, to know his ways, and to follow his teachings, to live by those teachings. We noted also in Proverbs chapter 6, beginning with verse 12, 
a worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks in his eyes. He shuffles his feet. In other words, he's a shady character. He points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continuously. Why? Because his heart is perverse. He sows discord. So what's going to be the ultimate result for his life? Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. Again, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through, 6, through 15. And what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 19? Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. Well, it's tough lesson, isn't it? Because we've heard this recommendation all of our life, haven't we? Follow your heart. Let your heart be your guide. How do you feel? We need to make sure our heart is conditioned by the righteous teachings of God's Word. Timothy wrote in several verses in, I'm sorry, Timothy, Paul wrote in several verses in his first letter to Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, notice the focus. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Interesting, isn't it? And interesting how Paul couples a pure heart with a good conscience. Well, as I've been emphasizing in this particular study, a conscience, when we're talking about follow your heart, what does your heart say? And what does your conscience say? We're talking about the same thing. We're talking about the same thing. Ultimately, it's a mindset. It's how we've conditioned our lives to be focused and directed from within our thinking, from within our mindset. Now, in chapter 1 and verse 19, 1 Timothy, having faith and a good conscience with some which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. Well, let me tell you, a person who, whose life is not focused on and lived by consistent faithfulness to God, remember Jesus said, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life, Revelation 2 and verse 10. The person who does not do that, they're going to suffer shipwreck in their life, and especially at the final day of judgment. Now, remember how Paul coupled the heart and conscience in verse 5 of 1 Timothy chapter 1. The purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Sincere faith, saving faith, that's going to, live, that's going to guide us to develop and live with a good conscience and a pure heart. Verse 19 of that same ch first chapter, having faith and a good conscience, good conscience. And let's go a little bit further. Chapter 3 and verse 9, Paul goes on and he says, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience, a pure conscience. Well, having the right heart, having a 
conscience conditioned by the Word of God and by consistently living by that teaching, that's going to be key in following our heart or letting our heart be our guide or our conscience be our guide. Now, let's look at the opposite. What happens when somebody violates their conscience on an ongoing basis? I've used the illustration many times of somebody, you know, they're wrestling with "Ah, Saturday's coming, maybe Saturday night. Ah, Should I go to church services in the morning? You know, I've, I've worked hard this week. I'm tired. I'd like to sleep in. Tomorrow's the only day I get to sleep late. There's there's a picnic I'd like to go to. I'd like to go fishing tomorrow. You know, I'd, I'd like to go to this ball game. Something coming on TV that I'd really like to watch. And so we wrestle in our conscience, in our heart, even as Christians, many times. Should I be in church services in the morning? Uh, Well, let your conscience be your guide. What does your heart say? Somebody who has conditioned his heart, his conscience on God's word, he doesn't have to go through those spiritual wrestling matches. He's already made up his mind. Long time ago, he said, no, yeah, church is meeting tomorrow morning. It's time to worship God. I'll be there. If I'm not sick and and incapacitated in some way, I'll be there. The picnic, I I may come in late, or I may just have to forego being at the picnic if it's at the wrong time. I'm going to be worshiping God tomorrow with the church. Well, the same thing can be said about all kinds of decisions in life. When I'm asked this particular question by this particular person, uh, how am I going to answer I'm going to answer truthfully. I'm going to tell them the truth because I've conditioned my heart to live by God's truths. But somebody who keeps violating his conscience, he keep, you know, he says, I think I can miss church services tomorrow. I, you know, I think I can tell this little white lie because I don't want to be in a, you know, an uncomfortable situation with that particular person. He's not going to like it if I tell him the truth when he, when he really asks me this particular question. He's not going to like what I'm, what I'm going to say if I tell him the truth. So I'm going, to, I'm going to lie a little bit. But it's just going to be a little white lie. And it's conditional because I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to make him mad. Well, you do that the first time. It hurts your conscience. It hurts your heart. You do it the second time, it still may hurt. The third time, it doesn't hurt as much, does it? And the more you keep violating your heart condition and your conscience, the less and less it hurts, right? The easier it becomes, the more natural it is. Have you ever been around somebody who lies habitually, pathologically? I mean, they they will lie when it would be easier to tell the truth a lot of times. But lying is part of their nature, their character anymore. Because they have so violated their conscience and their heart that their heart is conditioned to not have any bad feelings about lying. Let's look at that particular state. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. 
He says, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. With a hot iron. The imagery there is one that we can relate to. Let's say there's a rancher, and he's having his newborn cattle branded. Well, they take that young calf or that, you know, uh, young cow, and they, they take them into a into a, a barnyard or corral, and, and they hold them down, and then they have this hot, red-hot branding iron, and they press that branding iron down into the hide of that cow, and they burn that mark of that brand into their hide. Now, that probably hurts the cow initially, but as that spot that has been branded heals over, it becomes calloused. It becomes, it, it becomes unfeeling. There's no sense of pain after that in that place. It's been seared with a hot iron. Interesting, isn't it? And so Paul is warning, you need to be careful because you can so violate your conscience, your heart, that it can become seared as with a hot iron, and you can have no more feeling of compunction, of, of, doing, of remorse, of doing things that are wrong because you've done things that are wrong so frequently and so consistently that you have no more ill feelings about doing wrong. You've conditioned your heart to not feel wrong when doing wrong. In Titus, Titus chapter 1 and verse 15, and Paul here writes to Titus, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They've defiled their conscience. They defiled their mind, and he could have said they've defiled their heart because they've kept violating their heart condition, kept violating their conscience, that they have no more remorse at doing evil things. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to condition our hearts to love you and to always desire fervently to live by your teachings, thereby in faithfulness to you and dedication. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.